Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic, overseeing our TOSIG Phase 1 and sarcoma programs. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Dr. Roman Shingarev. He's director of Cleveland Clinic's new Onco-Nephrology program at Glickman Neurological and Kidney Institute. He's here today to talk to us about that program. So welcome, Roman. Thank you. Glad to be here. So maybe to start, uh, tell us a little bit about your role here at Cleveland Clinic. Well, this initiative to um, build the Onco-Nephrology Clinic is the direct continuation of my work at Memorial Sloan Kettering, focused on improving outcomes of cancer patients coming from all over the world to receive the best and the latest oncology has to offer. Ensuring the stability of kidney function and preventing kidney failure, um, which is common with many cancer treatments, is integral to the multidisciplinary efforts to improve patients' chances of survival. And this is because reduced kidney function can make some treatments more toxic to the kidneys or other organs, and importantly, in our day and age, can bar a patient from participating in a new drug trial. So this is a relatively new area. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved. Well, I worked at uh, Sloan Kettering as a, a dedicated onconephrologist for, for the past six years, uh, together with a group of more senior people that worked there for decades. This is where I gained the experience, and uh, this is where I learned about the oncology, per se. So when we think about this, uh, this program you're setting up, what, what does that program entail? So it probably requires a little bit of background to emphasize the significance of the problem. Cancer is, as you well aware, is a prevalent problem to which significant resources have been allocated. Um, this led to a tremendous progress in development of new treatments and led to a markedly improved patient outcomes. However, many of these treatments are proving to be toxic to the kidneys. And the flip side of the improved patient survival is that this kidney toxicity becomes an important issue during the patient's extended lifetimes. So in other words, kidney disease as such is a competing risk factor that becomes apparent when the risk of dying from cancer is reduced. And there's also been an incredible growth in the novel cancer drugs with the FDA approvals tripling in just over the past decade. This increasing complexity of these novel cancer treatments has led to subspecialization within the oncology practice with most oncologists now specializing in one body organ just to keep up with the current body of research. On the other hand, our understanding and treatment of kidney disease has also been growing rapidly, but this body of knowledge is not necessarily readily available to other specialties, including oncology. So my vision for the future of onconephrology in general and um, the program that we're trying to build is to bridge the gap between the two specialties to ensure that patients with kidney disease are safe to get new cancer treatments. And on the other hand, cancer patient survivors maintain adequate kidney function to avoid dialysis. What kind of shift in patients have you seen as we've changed cancer treatment? So, you know, we think about traditional cytotoxic chemotherapies and cisplatin and problems with that, for instance. And then now we have immunotherapies and people get more inflammatory problems. So how, how has that shifted what you're seeing in clinic? Although immunotherapy and VEGF-directed therapies have become much more prevalent um, in, in oncology, we still see 
a fair share of conventional uh, chemotherapy toxicities. That most commonly includes cisplatin, pemetrexed, iphosphamide uh, that result in progressive uh, chronic kidney disease in many patients, and uh, this is when we see them in our clinic. The new drugs certainly added a new level of complexity, and we are, as, as a specialty, we are struggling to understand the nature of the toxicities and to ascertain the causal relationship between the, the new drug on the market and the occurrence of acute kidney injury, for example. And this is not very uh, certain. There are plenty of case reports on any given drug that, that is available that results in some form of kidney injury. Um, but we don't know if there is indeed a causal relationship because we very frequently do not understand the mechanism of that toxicity. So this certainly added a layer of complexity to, uh, to our clinics in general, but that's what makes it exciting. And when we think about the cytotoxic-related toxicities, oftentimes those are long-lasting. Are you seeing similar things with newer drugs, or are they more acute episodes? We probably don't have the continuous experience long enough with the new treatments uh, to assess the chronicity of the problems. I mean, most of the immunotherapy drugs, starting with, uh, with melanoma treatments, have been around for six, seven years, give or take. And so I don't think that we are ready to claim that these drugs or the use of these drugs translate into uh, significant CKD problems. Now, on the other hand, the, the conventional treatments we know a lot about. And in case of curative regimens like cisplatin, for example, for squamous cell carcinoma, we know a great deal about the, the long-term effects of, of that cisplatin. So again, immunotherapies do present acutely to our clinics and require uh, specific treatment, but we're not certain about how, how chronic these changes are. And it is also dependent on the overall patient survival. We, we don't gain much information about the, you know, the, the outcomes of the patients receiving these drugs as a fourth line of treatment and not surviving long enough for us to make that assessment. So as uh, this onco-nephrology program has been established, is this a multidisciplinary uh, clinic, or what is it like if a patient comes to your clinic? So we, we want it to be a multidisciplinary effort, for sure, uh, because that's the, that's the whole goal of it. But, you know, in general, in, in our practice, any specialist at present uh, or a primary care provider or the oncologist, of course, can uh, send the, the patient to our clinic as long as the patient has a, some form of cancer diagnosis. And we can address a wide range of conditions ranging from high blood pressure to acute or chronic kidney disease. But uh, we would like to um, establish the, the clinical relationship with other subspecialties involved with oncology, like endocrinology, for example, and especially for complex patients, BMT patients in particular. I, I think that certainly requires a multidisciplinary effort in real time. So you're mostly seeing patients who may be embarking on a therapy and have underlying kidney disease. Or are you more seeing patients that have some toxicities and effects on their kidneys from their treatment? And I guess uh, sort of coupled with that, which ones would you like to see? We certainly 
see many more patients with the toxicities arising from cancer treatments. Not so much patients with chronic kidney disease going in for, for the treatment at present. But one of the goals of this program is to actually change that. We want to tap into the CKD database and the CKD clinic population that we have at the Glickman Institute and make these treatments widely available to patients with chronic kidney disease. Because as you probably know, chronic kidney disease is considered to be a risk factor for developing certain types of malignancies. And we certainly want to make sure that we get the, the best treatments for our own patient population. So one of the frustrations often is that patients might have underlying kidney disease and they may not qualify for certain therapies or they may not qualify for a clinical trial because of the criteria. Is there work being done to sort of optimize their renal function in order to allow them to get those therapies? Is there research being done in that area? Yes, there are uh, research efforts led by MD Anderson that assesses the, the ways to um, evaluate the kidney function uh, prior to uh, initiation of uh, pharmacological treatment. Um, we do not have any research efforts established as of yet. That's, uh, that's our long-term goal. But certainly it's it's part of our practice. Usually, though, uh, we deal with it in the settings of already enrolled patient who presents with an acute kidney injury and gets uh, excluded from the trial at that time. So when we see um, such patient in the clinic, we try to optimize the kidney function there. And we, we sometimes make a difference because we sometimes we discover that the, the patient is severely hypotensive and you know, taking a lot of antihypertensive medications with, uh, with effects on the kidney function. Um, and we're able to reverse that very readily um, and re-enroll the patients very often. So I guess just to, uh, to finish out thinking about research, what, what sort of research are you most interested in setting up within the program? I think a unique opportunity that that Cleveland Clinic has compared to other dedicated oncological centers like MD Anderson or uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering is a large pool of CKD patients. And the, the databases that exist both in oncology and nephrology, my goal would be to try to find a way to link these databases to discover novel risk factors mechanisms of drug toxicity and long-term outcomes. And um, this, this combination of two unique patient populations is, is important to have. And that's one of the reasons why I joined Cleveland Clinic. How are we engaging with our regional colleagues? Um, are we getting patients from a lot of our cancer care actually takes place at our family health centers and our regional hospitals? Is the thought to have those patients come here to main campus for services, or is there a thought that this might expand into those areas? We are actually actively working to provide our services to regional patients. We had a meeting with Dr. Haddad, um, who um, made some very important suggestions of how to achieve that goal. Given the fact that we are a small group of oncologists here in the clinic, 
we would like to start out by providing these services virtually, which will allow a wider regional coverage. And if this is successful, we will uh, move in to maybe establish the um, regional clinics as well. So one of the uh, silver linings, I guess, of the COVID pandemic is our virtual outreach. Uh, yes, yes. And in fact, I can tell you that I've been pushing for virtual visits for three years before the pandemic hit, and it didn't move an inch. Yet, in March of last year, it happened overnight. But that's, um, I mean, we mentioned our regional um, our regional hospitals and, and systems and patients we're treating, but you know, certainly on the oncology side, I see a lot of patients, even from our community partners in the area, and it sounds like this is very much something that they could benefit from as well. Of course, it's a it's a very valuable service. Um, not only does it allow you know patients to to stay at home, and sometimes they're they're pretty sick. This also allows us to cover many more patients uh, with the limited resources that we have. So I see it as a as a tremendous opportunity, indeed. So as people may be listening and interested in having their patients seen. Who, who would you describe as the ideal patient you would like to see in clinic? Who, who should be coming to see you? Anybody with an abnormal creatinine, abnormal blood pressure, abnormal urinalysis, who is about to start a treatment, especially the treatment with known uh, renal side effects. So you, you can think of it in terms of you know, somebody with um, underlying intrinsic renal pathology, uh, be it diabetic nephropathy or IgA nephropathy, uh, somebody proteinuric, uh, which is a, a significant risk factor for acute kidney injury with, uh, with any form of toxicity. We would like to see these patients in the clinic to help optimize their care before they actually get the treatment. And if, if we're able to do that before the treatment starts, if we're able to optimize them we, we do have a track record of um, minimizing the subsequent side effects of the um, chemotoxicity. Uh, so, so this is probably a priority patient for us. But of course, the, the run-of-the-mill patients were presenting with acute kidney injury after a new drug was started. This is our bread and butter. Sounds like there may be uh, some opportunities for survivorship as well. Uh, patients who have had therapies and may have overcome their cancer, but now need to make sure that they optimize their health. Right. So, uh, so this is exactly uh, what I was talking about when when I said that once you cure the patients, it's it's very similar to uh, to your quote unquote competition with cardiology. Uh, once you reduce, once you treat the cancer and you extend the patient survival, all of a sudden we are dealing with a significant risk of needing dialysis in the lifetime of the patient. And certainly, we can do a lot on the nephrology side to help minimize the chances of requiring dialysis. But really, the survivorship care starts during the treatment. This is where we have our best chance. And when we think about um, you know, we've been talking about a program and we focused on an outpatient setting, but certainly are there a lot of admissions um, to the hospital with renal complications. Um, is there a thought that this could expand into an inpatient service uh, as a consult service, for instance? Yes, uh, this is actually um, a very active area of 
clinical interest for us. Uh, right now, we're figuring out the workflow uh, for referrals from oncology wards uh, to come to the nephrology clinic for consultations that we can provide in between our outpatient clinic patients or after the clinics are over uh, or sometimes electronically. We're looking to establish that workflow and we're going to trial it with uh, some oncology providers just to make sure that it uh, works seamlessly and doesn't generate confusion and problems. Uh, but yes, this is definitely um, an important direction for us to move in to provide the subspecialty consultation service for for the inpatient wards. That's great. Well, it certainly sounds like you're uh, you're providing a great service, and good luck as you continue to develop the program. I appreciate your insights today. Thank you. It was great talking to you. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. You will find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash canceradvancespodcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from Cleveland Clinic's Cancer Center experts on our ConsultQD website at consultqd.clevelandclinic.org slash cancer. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.